morning. Welcome to our fourth episode of Conversations with Our Priest. I need to move one way or the other. At the Cathedral Bookstore located in the okay. Cathedral of St. Philip here in Atlanta. I am very excited about tonight's guest um, and their topic. Tonight we are featuring the Dr. Reverend uh, Dr. Stuart Higginbotham and the Reverend Nikki Mathis as they discuss their topic, Where Do We Enjoy in the Midst of All This Pain and Stress? I think this is such an important topic to discuss in this unpredictable, ever-changing time we are currently living in. I know, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, just a brief introduction of the two. The Reverend Dr. Hickenbotham Stewart began his journey as rector of Grace Episcopal Church in Gainesville in February 2014. He has a particular passion for the intersection of contemplative practices and congregational development. His work as a thing that was on the web. leader and author is grounded in Thank the Christian contemplative Episcopal. He has shared with the New Contemplative Exchange, a fellowship first gathered by Thomas Richard Rohr, Tilden Edwards, and at St. Benedict's yeah. Monastery I know, in Snowmass, Colorado. <laughs> Stuart contributed to and co-edited Contemplation and Community, a gathering of fresh voices for a living tradition, is working on a further book that delves more deeply into what he sees as an opportunity for contemplative re reformation um, within the traditional parish uh, church. He co-directs the clergy leadership program at the Shalem Institute for Spiritual Formation and who worked with the world community meditation. The Candler School of Theology, Met Abbey, and practice of prayer helps nurture congressional life and vocation. Um, if anybody that comes in could please mute uh, their computers. The Reverend Nikki Mathis is currently served at St. Gregory the Great. Prior to this, she served as the Associate Rector of St. Peter's Episcopal Church. At St. Peter's, her responsibilities include preaching, teaching, pastoral care, pastoral care, counseling, and oversight of the children's youth ministry programs. Prior to this, um, she was the Associate Dean for Student Life the School of Theology, University of the South in Swanee, Tennessee. She has also served as Associate Rector at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Atlanta. Nikki also serves as a teacher professor in the Preaching Excellence Program in Richmond, Virginia. Prior to entering the ministry, she worked as a professional social worker for the Department of Family and Children's Services. Welcome to you both. I'm so excited to have you both here tonight. Um, as a tradition, we start with an opening prayer. I believe, Stuart, did you say you were going to start with a prayer? I can't remember if it was you or Nikki. It's me. <laughs> all right. All right. Nikki, if you can lead us with an opening prayer, we'd all appreciate that. Certainly. Um, and, and although I am indeed a much better prayer than Stuart, <laughs> if y'all can't tell, we're friends, so bear with us. I would ask that everybody mute their, their, um, their computer or their devices so that as people enter, we're not hearing the conversation and, and, um, and all. If you would just mute your devices as delightful as it is and as funny as it, and joyful as it sometimes can be, it'll be um, easier to pray um, when we're all able to kind of still be still and be present and um, just ready ourselves for a joyful time together. Just so um, we know, one of the things that gives me joy is um, praying pe people from um, other prayer books. And there is um, 
a beautiful book by another Episcopal priest. Her name is Jennifer Phillips. This is actually a kind of old book. I believe it was 2000, it's 2000 and something, early 2000 and something. Um, and 2006. So, and, and I'm reading a, an adaptation of a book out of, out of a prayer out of her book, Simple Prayers for Complicated Lives. Um, and one of the reasons this book gives me joy is that um, it just hits the joys of daily life and the difficulties of daily life and, and how one can find joy in those places and spaces. So let us just take a moment and, and a breath. Settle ourselves and be ready to be present to one another and be open to the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. For the joy of our gathering. God who made the universe for your delight, preserve the joy of this gathering. Keep all who are here in peace and contentment. During our days, bless our labor and our rest, our solitude and our companionship. Keep the hearth of our hearts warm, the doors of our arms open and welcome, the cupboards of our compassion well stocked, the beds of our trust in you comfy that all who enjoy home in this gathering may feel your love. Mm. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, whom with you and the Holy Spirit live and reign now and forever. Amen. Amen. Hey, boo. How you be? Thank you so much, Nikki. That was incredible. I'm gonna let you guys go ahead and start. Okay. Thank you. I'm doing okay. How about good, you? Good, good. I'm good. I'm good. And just just for just um, before we start, um, I know I think it's one of the questions we're going to hit. But part of joy is the the liberation that God gives us in being authentic. Yeah. And um, for some of you watching, not that there's not a single parish that that tragedy has not touched in some way, whether it's one of their families or one of their um, or or someone somebody knows or some beloved person. Um, that's a friend of the parish. And so just for um, part of the joy I have, um, especially as an Episcopalian, is being able to talk to my friend Stuart mm -hmm. and um, being able to be with all of you while being honest and open and authentic in the fact that um, there has been a, a death of an adult child um, of a beloved member of our parish, um, unexpected death, um, um, and so the parish, the, those, that family is grieving, the parish is grieving, and also, um, for those of you who, who know anything about St. Peter's, the, the associate, the Reverend Melissa Kane, was, was found a victim, um, of suicide by, um, she was found um, on September 12th. And I'm, since that was my former parish, I'm helping out there a little as I can. So I am both in some grief at the moment and also um, 
aware of the richness of this moment and also having a really good time with my son at home and with my friend Stuart and um, Lovecraft Country. And um, for those of you, for those of you who um, are fans of Cardi B, I am having a great deal of fun with the with the video wop. There we go. I love it. Well, you know, I reached out to you because, you know, I wanted to see how you were and see how yes. we both were with going ahead with this particular topic. You know, like you said, I think it's very important to just be completely transparent about where we all are. Yeah. 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 So and, 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 and that joy is part of that, but what, what is not part of joy is pretending we're okay. And yeah. what is what is not part of joy is also um, being authentic in the fact that when you're not sad every minute, that you don't have to pretend. You, one doesn't have to feel guilty or or inauthentic or um, that there's that the the memory of loved ones is being betrayed when we are having a good time. Right. Right. Because, you know, we, so we have this list of things that we wrote each other, just so you all know, we, we spent some time putting together a list of questions. And that was where we started was to say, you know, how would each of us define joy? How would we, what would our definition be? And for me, I think that hits on it. It's not happiness. For me, it's something much, much deeper than just some superficial or overly emotional, to use that image of happiness. Um, I was talking to my friend Betsy, who's on this call earlier, and what, what she said was true. She said, you know, joy for so many is a sure sign of the Spirit's presence. Mm -hmm. And I think it really does connect with that, that peace that passes understanding. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Well, preach, brother. I'm gonna let you just take it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my, de my definition isn't that much different than yours. I believe it is the assurance of divine peace and divine love regardless of circumstances. So yes, tragedy can occur and joy can still be there. That doesn't mean I'm running down the street, um, kicking up my heels and singing zippity doo -dah. Um right. It does mean that I feel the liberation that God gives us to deal as grief with it, which, which it as it naturally comes, which is usually in waves. Yeah. And um, for those who are familiar with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's uh, five stages, um, you know, there's the current understanding that those stages don't happen in any kind of order. Those mm -hmm. stages don't happen um, with, with rigid demarcations. Um, you can be feeling all five of those at once. You can be feeling um, some of them, you can be feeling, um, and, and that the richness of, of divine presence and the richness of divine comfort is part of the sensation of that peace, which is part of the deep, deep, deep seated feeling of joy. Um, joy doesn't have to, um, joy doesn't look like um, vacation necessarily. Right. Although I was very joyful on my vacation. I bet you were. <laughs> I know. Um, yes. Um, but it, it does, it does feel like God is here. Well, it's the, if I feel the assurance that God is here, even though, even at those times where I can't feel God's presence. 
um, it is very much the piece that passes all understanding along with the assurance and sometimes the the um, experience of divine love. Yeah, especially for me, I think over these past six months. Yeah, yeah, because you know, yeah, 2020 has been kicking our behind. Oh my God, it's just, this is the longest year. I, I, this one year's lasted 10 years. I, I think I lost a couple of teeth and, and, I, and I had to get a whole new set of hair and, and because uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, everything went away. The, the, I think I aged about 20 years. I know. And, and um, I think my seven-year-old became a 21-year-old college graduate, so I need to go upstairs and check in a minute. But oh. um, it has been the large, it has been a very, it, this has been a day seems to cover a month. Um, there, it, most, most, it will not end. I was like, where is the dang end of this year? Can somebody escort the year out the door? Can we begin mm -hmm. in 2021? But um but here we are in 2020 and God is right here with us. So we'll just have to live with that. So what has surprised you? Like I, I can think of a, of a few things like this, this past year that have surprised me, how joy has snuck up on me. One of them for me was, and this was a liturgical faux pas, mm -hmm. you know, since we couldn't get back in the building, you know, when um, Holy Week came, I noticed that some of our colleagues managed to get back into their naves and consume the bread and the wine that was in the um, ombre. Yes. But I totally forgot, <laughs> I, which, which will not surprise you. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. And so I didn't think about it. And I said, well, oh, look what they're doing. And I didn't put two and two together. So like three weeks later, when we were well into Easter, Easter season, I went up to the nave and we don't use a candle. We have okay. an um, electric light. Okay. And so it was my first time to walk back in the nave and it was like Pompeii in there. Oh. There were um, bulletins from March the 8th. <laughs> yeah. There were uh, like just stacks of stuff. There were uh, there were still pebbles in the font where I'd poured the water out and put stones in the font. Yeah. And when I walked in the nave, I saw the light. The light was still burning. And I realized what a joyful thing it was that I had forgotten to take the bread and the wine out. Wow. So it's, it's, so it's been in there this whole time. <laughs> so it's been in there. So don't... <laughs> And I'm, and, and was Jesus I'm, still remotely fresh? Jesus is, well, we're going to put that, we're just going to put it to the test and see when this is over, what, how, how this comes out. But, but I've thought about that image a lot, all the time. You know, I'm so glad now, you know, six months in, that I didn't take it out and turn the light out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because Jesus isn't gone, even though no. even though it may feel like it for many of us, yeah. Um, and for some days, for a minute, a lot of days, me, especially when, as you may know, we're, we're we um, pre-record our services now because we're not meeting um, like many folks, and um, so we're in we're in the we're in the nave, um, 
and um, it's just so hard to see all those empty seats. Yep. And I know that for my congregation, it's so hard to, because we are, we are people who are, who are physical in our faith. Yep. We come to church, we eat the body, we drink the blood, we give each other peace physically. Um, we pass the peace, we have conversations and we do that and every, all of that is embodied. It's part of our expression of the incarnation. And so to suddenly go from all these expressions of incarnation yeah. to virtual, virtual worship, virtual prayers, virtual conversation, virtual community is, is deeply painful for, yeah. for everybody's folks, deeply painful for our congregants, deeply painful for our clergy, deeply painful for um, all those who right now they're there for who, you know, maybe just seven months ago, their only socialization was church yes. and church activities. And so it's hard to remember, since we live in embodied faith, that when we're not particularly embodied or in person, that Jesus is still here, that the Holy Spirit is still inside us, that um, God, the creator, is still all around us. Yep. And that gets to, you know, the other thing that we asked each other is what, what, what blocks us, what um, resistances we have. Mm -hmm. That, that hooks in with mine around fear. Yes. Fear is, fear is the root of it for me. I used to think it was um, anxiety, but it's not. That's just, that's a, like a manifestation <laughs> of it, but it's fear. Yeah. No, I noticed myself, you know, the first two months or so, when we couldn't be there in person, mm -hmm. doing all of these theological, a bit of calisthenics, mm -hmm. really, like writing things and sending them out to the parish and saying, I know that we can't be there, but you know, theologically speaking, and this is, this, and I don't think I gave enough time for myself just yeah. to grieve because I don't, I mean, and that gets to where joy goes. You know, I think we needed to, to have authentic grief, yes. Because if you yes. cover it up, it, it it's it's, it's going to go somewhere. Yes, yes. Grief grief metastasizes. An unexpressed grief metastasizes, and it's usually not cute. No. Um, to what it becomes, um, and and for me, I think for me, one of the blocks is um, is pressure. And, uh, and some of that pressure I put on myself. It's it, much like you started going through spiritual calisthenics. I was, <laughs> I, I started doing the um, church Olympics. Okay, well, we got to do this and we got to do that and we got to do this and we got to get here and we got to get there and we got to go here and we got to get. And then I realized that not only was I doing myself a disservice, disservice but also I was going to kill. Um, I didn't want to, you know, overload my staff. I didn't, I also didn't want to, I firmly believe that um, staff and vestry and um, ministry leaders follow the cue of those who are in charge or those who are leading. Um, and they, they take their leadership cue from that because in, in collaborative team leadership, everybody leads or a good many people lead. 
And what I didn't want to do was model or co-sign on just get busy. It'll all go away. It'll all go away. Yes. Um, Cause it won't. And, 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 uh, and, and it won't. Um, and the, the sooner we could kind of sit in the fact that this is, this is what it is. And this yeah. is what we're going to do. And this is what's sustainable. And this is what's reasonable. And yes, we want to be together. And yes, we want to, do emergency stuff, and yes, we want to get right in there because that, in part, that's the American way. Get in there and fix it and move it around and change it and, and form it to your will. And that, this has been the year that um, 2020 has said, no, 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 beloved, you're going to sit down. <laughs> I need for you to take a seat. You know, it was like, I mean, I think it came home to me when um, Cynthia Park, you know, who's here with me, she mm -hmm. said, we've, we've focused so much on how communion is at the absolute heart of who we are and when we realized that we couldn't share it suddenly suddenly we had all these theological reasons that we just going to put it out <laughs> oh well i know for decades we've talked about this but there's this other thing you know you can almost feel just the people rolling their eyes listen listen i mean how many so, I mean, finally, we just sat, you know, like you said, we just sat and said, this is awful. This is sad. This makes us sad. This makes us angry, you know, and just sit there and actually affirm how we all felt. And then in that space, you would see joy start to bubble up. Right, right. Fascinating. You know, when you can let the honesty come out and just say, this gets on my nerves, you know. Yes. I hate this. Yes. You and know. also in that oh go ahead, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. I was just gonna say in that space where where we were kind of forced to sit down, I know I was also forced to take a look around mm -hmm. and forced to be present and forced to go. And I don't like that for those my congregation knows this and most of my friends know this, but everybody other folks may not know this. The dis for me the distance between outside the, the what the distance between my car and the building is my is all I prefer to know about the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I'm not interested in outside. You know we're gonna go on a hike soon. No, we're not. No, nope. we're gonna go on a hike. Mm -mm. You're gonna get pushed off. A, you're gonna get pushed off a cliff, and I'm gonna get right back in my car. You already tried that once, and you failed. Well, that's true. That's true. But but you know, second time's a charm. Um, but I was forced to, because we're just, because I'm sitting, I was forced, I now like outside better. I can't say I love it, <laughs> but I, I have found some joy outside. It's like um, me with math. I mean, I appreciate it and it needs to be there. I don't really like it though. Yeah, I don't like it. And I really don't like it in virtual learning. And I really don't like trying to teach it to my son. Thank God he's smarter than I am. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, and so the, the joy of the joy of washing the dishes because I have dishes and I have a kitchen and I ate some food. Um, and I'm not, uh, unlike so many who don't have any of those blessings mm -hmm. or, or unlike so many who, because of COVID and because of the joblessness and because of the economic downturn suddenly don't have those, um, sitting down allows me to remember, the joy of how rich I actually am, of how 
how many friends I have, how many, Thank how you. great my congregation is. I'm just going to sit here. One, one, just, a, just a quick note to please mute everybody, please mute. Thank you for those who have muted. And for those who can, as they're getting settled and getting ready to listen, please do, do mute your devices. Um, to, and to the, the beauty of music I hadn't stopped to listen to because I didn't have time before. Uh, mm. The beauty of my son singing in the bathtub. Oh um, instead of me trying to rush around getting the bath done and getting him in bed and getting everything on time. It's like, you know what? I didn't know I was going to have this little baby and I didn't think I was going to have a little baby. And now this person that I thought wasn't going to be here is now singing this really sweet song in the tub. Lisa, sit and enjoy that. She always says the same thing about when I sing in the bath. <laughs> I'm sure she does. I hope this isn't being recorded. You know, maybe perhaps we should stop this part. We should. No. So that's a good. So what what makes you belly laugh? Um, minions, which is why I'm wearing one of my favorite sweatshirts. Um, and and I, my, again, another gift from my son, not the sweatshirt because he doesn't have a job. So he doesn't have any money. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's seven for those who don't know. Um, but the the being able to enjoy cartoons again. Um, yeah. And the absolute, looking at some of the old cartoons I used to watch when I was young and that I was so serious about and looking at how stupid they were, <laughs> that makes me, I'm like, wow, I was not a bright child. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay. But I see I enjoyed myself. Um, what'd you say? Voltron. Voltron, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, no, what's, what, what was my name? Uh, Tom and Jerry, mm -hmm. uh, The Roadrunner. And I always hoped that, you know, some the day the coyote was not going to get hurt. And I, again, not a smart child, but, 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 it, but happy, a happy kid. Um, and uh, as I said before, uh, well, WAP didn't make me belly laugh, but it, it made me, I, the grin on my face was very wide. <laughs> How about you? How, what, what, gives, what makes you belly laugh? Well, I mean, you know, we, I mean, I try to cook um, dinner each night. Because you know, she she teaches seventh grade, Lisa does, and yes, as I say, for those of you who don't know, she is his wife. That's who he's speaking <laughs> of, um, and I'm going to have to do some. Clearly, I'm going to have to do some marital marital counseling shortly after this is aired. And you know, Evelyn's in eighth, so I love at the end of the day when the three of us just sit at the dinner table, and we always end up telling jokes, and it's usually at my expense. Well. But you know, I'm a I'm a fine sport about it. I'm fine. But I mean, I think, and I gotta say, the other thing that makes me belly laugh is strangely, for me, I think these six months have they've made me take myself even less seriously yeah. about like. So here's a so the day that I shut our campus on Friday, March the thirteenth. I took these Kroger uh, Publix bags up there and I was, going, I was going to pack up all the stuff that I needed to take for like two weeks. You know, we thought we'd be home for two weeks. Okay. I took these bags and I said, I'm going to take the absolute necessities. And do you know what I took? What did you take? I, well, what I didn't take was anything. <laughs> I stole any vestments. I took nothing. 
I had my clerical collars at home, but I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything pretty. So I took my Tibetan singing bowl, my Harry Potter wand, I keep it up, two bags of dark chocolate, and two bags of books and candles. And I loaded my car up and drove home. And I got home and then I started watching on Sunday at our, you know, our colleagues who had set up elaborate spaces in their backyard right. with candlesticks and processional crosses. Right. And, and and all their all their vestments, all, with all their fancy. And we were huddled around our dining room table and fending off Chester and Wandaloo the cat. <laughs> who were trying to crawl over us. And finally, someone at Grace said, if there's any way that we can set something up, I think we need to move a step above where, where we are now. <laughs> no, but I think, but I have loved that. I mean, I have to yes. say, I don't, I mean, and that, that, that being said, I know there are some who that has been a, you know, a problem for them. That's yes. really been a struggle for them because they're really tied to, that you know the setting the, the the setting that they were that we're used to yes yeah yeah but for me i think it's helped you know and i have barely laughed at myself just how absurd that i have been at different times and the one rule that i had in the whole church when we put the wireless in the one mm -hmm. rule i had and i told the whole staff i said we can put wireless anywhere in the campus but we're never going to put wireless in the nave we're going to protect the name <laughs> as our central worship space. As our worship space. We all felt so holy about this and light shined on our faces. That's and it. And I saw the angels. I was there for that conversation and the angels came down and, 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 uh, and, and I believe I saw a couple of prophets. Elijah was there. Yes. And then this happened and we had to run these cables all the way from the other side through into the church. And so finally one day I asked Jeremy, I said, Jeremy, do you think there's any way that you could put a wireless in the nave? It's just stuff like that. Yes. And, you know. and for me, it's been, not a bit, again, so attached to how things, you know, speaking of congregation members being attached to how, they, or how me as a priest, how, how much I'm attached to how things are. When yeah. we began to do pre-recording, we weren't recording the service in order because it was easier not to move the lights, except, you know, to do everything that had to be done over here, over here, and then we go and do this over here. Well, well, once you take Mother Nikki and start cutting up the service and ask her to remember what goes where, it's, it's like not pretty. It's absolution. <laughs> the floating absolution. It just yes. at different times. That's it. Mother Nikki didn't know what was going on. And yes, I am talking about myself in third person, so y'all can go ahead and laugh at that. But I would get so confused. If, and I, even when I had a piece of paper, I'm like, does the piece go here? Is, this, is, it, is it time for the piece? Okay, yes, yes, all right. See? And, and so just had to just, all I could do was laugh because it was, it was completely ridiculous. This, and this whole six months in so many ways, has that's what it's been like for me in different parts. It's just ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. I know. And, and, and speaking of, you know, after you kind of deal with the 
well, as you deal, not after, because it's not over, but as we deal with the grief, as we deal with the frustration, as we deal with the anger and the weariness of, yeah. really, it's still going on? Are we still, uh, uh, okay. Um, what are the things that, when we can't belly laugh, what are the things that bring you that quiet sense of peace, that, that, yeah. that, um, that peace that comes when, we've lost all control when 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 god is very clear about baby doll this is above your pay grade there's nothing you can do about this i need for you to be still what is yeah. what, what gives you quiet peace in those instances so you know my practice is a really big deal for me especially in the mornings mm -hmm. you know the mornings i you know we get up we get breakfast they head off to school at around 7 30. And then I, I have my spot and I have my readings and I have my, my silent time, you know, and that's, that's huge for me to start out that way. And usually then I'll go run, you know, um, but I think that over the years that, that, you know, contemplative prayer helps me get over myself. Mm. And at the same time, it helps me take myself seriously where I need to take myself seriously and then get over myself where I need to get over myself. And finding that balance, I think, for me is key to say, you know, and for me to go back to the, um, you know, to the fear piece, it's really paying attention to my body mm. if I'm tense. Yeah. And then doing some type of, you know, assessment to say, is this something I can fix? Is this something that I have any, any control over at all? Mm -hmm. And then how am I being invited to rest mm -hmm. and trust? Yes. Yes, I'm glad you said that about rest and trust because that's kind of where that quiet peace comes for, for me, that the joy, the joy when there's not an overt, you know, I'm not hopping up, you know, I'm, I'm not, not dancing to be happy. Um, but, um, in a part of my prayer practice as well. Um, I can't say that it happens at the same time every day because mm -hmm. I have a, a seven-year-old. a seven-year-old. <laughs> um, who wakes up in the middle of the night with bad dreams or who comes mm -hmm. in at ungodly times in the morning and goes, Mom, I'm going to watch TV with you all <laughs> um, at six. No, no, you're not. No, no. Um, but when those... When, when I find my half hour during the day or my 20 minutes, mm -hmm. um, part of my practice is to re recall and gather myself in community, which may sound weird since it's just me and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and God, the, God the creator and nurturer. But it's, we also, our tradition, one of the rich pieces of our tradition that I really love is we have an entire communion of saints and we believe yeah. in resurrection and we believe that death is not the ending, mm -hmm. um, that the communion of saints is still alive and well. Um, what others, what, what others in my culture have called ancestors. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, as I pray, knowing that the communion of, I'm praying with the communion of saints, I'm praying with the ancestors and I'm not, trying, I'm not having to hold myself up all by myself. 
And that's where I can rest in the arms of the Trinity, in the arms of our community that is our ancestors, our communion of saints, in the arms of those who are alive on earth now, but are at that moment also praying, also sharing in the spirit, also with me and everyone else who is on their knees or or in a yoga pose or um, laying prostrate in honor of and in need of and leaning on God. Um, it's just those moments bring me such a grounding. Yes. Um, and as you said, also, it's very, it's very physical. It's very, I, it, it allows me to take a moment and be aware of my body. It allows me to take a moment and be aware of, okay, where is the anger in my body? Where is the, where is the, um, sadness in my body? Where is the, and I can see it because I'm not alone and because I'm not frightened, I can see it and speak to it. And, you know, Lord help me as I, see my grief and it sees, seems so large or Lord help me as I see my rage and it seems too big and God reminds me there's righteous rage that is part of prayer that is part of of building the beloved community that is part of there's I didn't create human beings with emotion that could not be used for good I yeah. created human beings with emotion that was to be used for the bringing of justice, for the bringing of love, for the bringing of, um, I love what Cornel West says, the um, justice is what love looks like in public. Yeah. Um, and that's, and in those, in those moments of prayer where I'm aware of the communion of saints, aware of the support of the Trinity, aware of the community that isn't on earth now, the diocese, the the um the parish the the church worldwide all the denominations um that's when it's impossible for me to feel isolated and cut off and not held up that's where it's impossible not for me to be aware that my shoulders have dropped about two inches from being up here by my ears and that my anger and sadness or fear are not overwhelming because they are being carried by so many arms and so many hands. Oh, that is, this, that is so, so true and beautiful. It makes me think like the people who we hold close to us on this side and that side, you know, mine's my uh, grandmother. Mm -hmm. She died 11 years ago. 10, 11 years ago, and she still comes. Mm. When I get really stressed without mm. fail, she'll show up in a dream. Mm. And I love oh, that's, it. That's and beautiful. It just, and, it, and it resets me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that can re, it resets me, and it's like the clock starts over. Yeah. And I love yes. that. You know, and I love, you know, elders on this side as well. Mm -hmm. You know, there have been several times these past six months when I would call someone who's been, you know, a member at Grace for 147 years. And <laughs> they would very politely remind me that they've had many more birthdays than me. <laughs> yes. It's one of the most wonderful gifts. You yes. know, they'll say, you know, we've been here a very long time and this parish has gone through a lot of struggles. This isn't the first struggle that we've gone through. You know, climb down off the cross when when you're ready. It's going yes. to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's, I mean, it's going to be fine. We will all yes. do our part. 
And there's such beauty in that. Yes. Around, yes. You know, to be able, and then you end up just to go back to that. You just laugh at yourself because yes. it's so easy to get sucked into. You know, this is the worst thing that's ever happened and I'm the center and I must save it and I must fix it and it's my problem and I must and I shall put on my cape at verily the yea and therefore and therefore therefore sooth and I shall grab thee and save thee and somebody an elder comes by and says baby baby um um this is not the worst thing this is not the first thing and it won't be the last thing I'm I I, I I'm gonna need you to 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 just uh chill for just a minute Jesus like paid it. Up. Jesus, Jesus was already on the cross, and He paid it all. I need you to, I need you to come down a little bit. I need you to. Yes, it's like the day after I was, you know, the Sunday that that they, you know, installed me at Grace, which is such a weird thing to say, but they, I had spent so much time planning that service, you know, to go back to that, and it was perfect in every way. Yes, in every way, nothing. It, and I remember everyone knew their parts, and everyone, and then I. You know, Lisa came on home, you know, because it was a Sunday night. I, and I remember walking in the door. I didn't walk in the door. I floated in the door. I floated in the door. <laughs> was your halo still on? You, your halo was still on and all that stuff? Was the light, was the holy light still behind you? It gave Lisa her retinas burned. That was so bright. And we walked in and the first thing that she said, she said, sweetheart, tomorrow's trash day. <laughs> and I have <laughs> onto that for seven years now to say keep it in perspective yes because when you but, can do that when I can do that that's that's when I'm healthy yes yes and that story just reminds me of a story that that kind of keep, uh, what was it? Denzel was, Denzel Washington was in an interview and he was, he was, he had just been named, I think not for the first time, one of, one of the sexiest people, sexiest men in the world. Um, and- Oh, do the, I know what that feels like. <laughs> I know you do, I voted for you. <laughs> um, and she, he said his wife, you know, he came in kind of full of himself and his wife said, can the sexiest man in the world get, you know, fill up my car with gas? Can I get a little gas in my car? Can you go and take my car to the gas station and fill, please, you're late. You're late. Go fill that up. That's so true. Yes. So I, so I have to ask you about this one, you know, question where I can get this in because I love, I love the way you put this. Well, I'm glad you remember because I, you know, I don't. Well, you know, I printed it out. Oh, there we go. Um, so here's what you said. You said, in our Western culture, we're so used to labeling and defining things to so fine a point that we often judge whether somebody is in or out of a category with nothing in between. Can joy be pinned down like that? And if not, what might joy look like for different people across a joy spectrum? Hmm. And I love that image of a spectrum of joy. Because I think yeah. for me, what it swirled up in me was, I think that's what these six months have called me to do and us to do, you know, together is to, to honor where people are mm -hmm. at any given moment, which can change in an instant. And I love that image of a spectrum of joy. And it, it took me a while to learn about that because I, I 
grew up here in the U.S. and I'm used to, I was socialized the way a lot of people were socialized. Um, and then as I got older, I realized that the crotchety old man who was mean to almost everybody, but on one day would give somebody a grudging compliment and would go to his desk with a slightly lighter step, that was joy. He was mm -hmm. feeling joyous that day. And it didn't mean that he ever cracked a smile. It didn't mean that he ever um, it said, I feel joy today. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's like Garrison. Garrison Keeler said one time that he was at a Lutheran church and he knew that things had gotten out of hand when someone had a sharp inhale of air in their left nostril. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. The spirit has come down. The we are... Man, because I heard him go. <laughs> yes. I think we it's, need to find a way to honor people and, mm -hmm. and you know, honor ourselves to say. Yes. This is what my joy looks like. You know, as we, as we get to know what each, for me and you, when we're having joy together, it looks like being completely irreverent. <laughs> it looks like we're, and, and by the way, I'm calling you out. You, you, I came in my sweatshirt. You know, you have a hat and a wand. Yeah, you need to, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, where's, and where's the wand? You had the wand. Where is it? Here you go. I do. I keep it right here. You don't know how many things I have banished from this house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and so joy, you know, between us, joy looks like silliness. Yeah. Um, between you and another friend, joy may look like that quiet peace. Yeah. Between um, myself and my husband, joy Joy looks like we're comatose. <laughs> we're just so happy to be quiet and horizontal. Sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and and to be able to recognize that and count that as joy. Don't think of well. Since I'm not feeling, I um, sister sister Rosetta is just a woo and a ha, and I'm not there, so I must not feel joy. That's right. not the case. Joy looks different in different people. God created all of us in God's image. God's image is massive, so massive that each and every human being on the planet created in God's image still doesn't define the whole of it. Yeah. And so, of course, there's going to be all these many facets of what joy looks like. All these, just like there's all these many facets of what beauty looks like. All these many facets of what um, sadness looks like, of what grief looks like. Um, we're so into judging whether somebody is feeling the right way. Um, and that's not how God's, that's not what it is in God's economy. It's not what mm -hmm. it is in God's, in God's commonwealth, I don't believe, um, mm -hmm. as I made that pronouncement in all my, in all my yay, all my yay, verily, all my wisdom. Um, but um, God is wider, wider. Thank you for. <laughs> yes, wider, not whiter, wider than, than um, most of us stop and think about. And that's not our fault. Again, we are, in Western culture, we are socialized to create God in our own image. Um, and often that image is male and old and, and white and, um, and very proper. And this is the way things are done. And, and if, it, if it's not, if it doesn't look like this, it isn't this.
right. it has it has to it has to move like a duck and and quack like a duck to be a duck and i think god is more creative than that god has a lot of ducks that we wouldn't recognize as ducks i love that <laughs> i love that that is that is deep deep woohoo every now and then a blind squirrel <laughs> Do we want to do how, how, about, how about for well no well, no you didn't say what the spectrum was for you you know what that what that means for you i no i think it's the same i think the exuberance piece you know i've learned you know it really is on a spectrum and for some people it's very short mm -hmm. yes you know you know yeah and for some people some of my some of the over my over my ministry and over my life, you know, the day that a complainer is not complaining that it, it, nothing else can be seen, but they're not complaining that day. That is supreme joy. That, that is supreme just, joy. they are, they are floating, they are walking on cloud 10 and a half. And I just, I have to receive that as it is. I can't be waiting for Marcus to, uh, you know, be jumping up and down and clapping and saying, singing hallelujah. Marcus didn't cuss anybody out today. Yay, Marcus. <laughs> Ah, that's so good. <laughs> you two are so funny. Thank you both for joining us. I'm not sure where on the spectrum we are when we came in, but definitely <laughs> on the higher end leaving. Your energy was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, once again, thank you all for joining us. We're going to open up for some questions and answers for anybody out there if you'd like to. Oh, oh. go ahead and unmute yourself and ask uh, Stuart or Nikki anything you'd like. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I can't, I can't hear. Corey, you, are you muted, cutie? Cor Cor can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't hear Corey. I am unmuted now. I think Nora, okay. Nora can you unmute yourself? Okay. Well, does anybody else have a question for Nikki or Stuart? The folks don't. We'll just keep talking. <laughs> I know. I'm going. Oh, finally. <laughs> so, during this time, I have an issue myself with not finding the joy that I think I should, and I think that might be the problem. I see some people living their lives like nothing's happened and I'm living my life like something big is happening right now. Um, which makes me think, oh, I'm not joyous. So having that spectrum thing, I'm very joyous. I've discovered walking. Mm -hmm. So sorry, Nikki. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not going with you, but God bless you. But Enjoy. It's my happiness seems to be more of peace, mm -hmm. but yeah. a lot of times I just feel really, really sad. Yeah. And I guess the question in there is how can we find that joy in actually understanding our sadness? Yeah. Mm. Mm. You know what it makes me think of? And I don't know if this answers 
but it makes me think of, I think sometimes I'm too quick to think I have to immediately switch from one to the other. And I think there's a whole lot of colors between those two points to mix a metaphor. To say, I mean, I might not go from sadness to joy to a belly laugh, but I might go from sadness to peacefulness or smiling. And I think joy for me is what's pulling me over there. So on days like that, when, you know, when I'm not sad the whole day, you know, like Nikki said, when Marcus isn't cussing somebody out, Marcus is having a good day, you know, but I, I think that's where I am too hard on myself, you know. And I'm, and I'm in agreement. Um, I'm right there. Y'all probably hear my child, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> He is in the earphones because we didn't want to hear the TV as well. But, um, but for me, when, when I feel that sadness, that doesn't mean I can't feel joy. It doesn't even mean I'm not feeling joy. It means that the sadness is primary. And um, the sadness is what's asking for my attention right now. And that um, my, uh, as I pay attention to it, as I give it its space, as I feel a release of it, uh, the um, metabolization of the sadness, my body feels a little lighter. I feel a little, or I feel the need to and the ability to rest. And so the nap is my joy. Yeah. The, the kind of the, accepting this is where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Understanding yes. God's love in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's joy. There's nothing, this, there's joy doesn't necessarily look. You know, it, it's it's not singing the Hallelujah Chorus some days. It's just here's where I am. I'm not alone, and I'm at, and and I'm sad, and I'm also at peace in that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You two are so relatable to all of us here, especially me. Um, thank you. Does anybody else have a question? All right. I just I do um, want to comment that Ruth Elizabeth is in the chat screaming that I've been hiking and she is exactly right. I have been hiking. I didn't like it. I hated every minute of it. I have taken, <laughs> I've, taken I've been ta I've taken teenagers up mountains and I have, I have, uh, I have been outside much longer than I want to. So it's not that I haven't been outside. I just didn't like it. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> do not call your babies that. <laughs> So one of their favorite memories of you. And I, I enjoyed them in every environment I had them. I did not like outside. <laughs> Just don't tell them that. Okay, it's a deal. Awesome. Uh, All right. Well, if there's no more questions, uh, we're going to close with Stuart. He's going to lead us in a closing prayer. So Nikki and I thought about this one particular collect that's from Evening Prayer and Compline as well. But it really speaks to a lot of what we've talked about. And nor it speaks to what you just asked, really, too. This idea of a spectrum of what we're all feeling within ourselves as persons and also within ourselves as a collective body. And that all of this is going on, you know, to go back to where Nikki you know, started us off, that we're feeling all of these things at the same time. 
So if you know this collect, you know, join in from home. Keep while watch. muted. Yes, while muted, I'm sorry. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night. And give your angels charge to sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Stuart. Nikki, for joining us tonight. Thank you. um, Thank oh, you. You're welcome. Thank you.